Today's program has been brought to you by Le Creuset. Visit Le Creuset for cast iron and stainless cookware, bakeware, pots, pans, and kitchen and bar tools. For more information, visit www.lecreuset.com. That's L-E-C-R-E-U-S-E-T dot com. This is Sherry Bayer from All in the Industry. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you live from our studio at Roberta's Pizza in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn, on finally a warm spring day. This is episode number 32, and I'm very excited because joining me in the studio is Jolie Kerr, the columnist behind Ask a Clean Person on Jezebel and Deadspin and author of the new book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and other questions you can't ask Martha. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you are here. Um, as I was rereading chapter one, because chapter one is all about the kitchen, and I was rereading it on the path train on my ride in from New Jersey laughing out loud and the guy who was sitting next to me had this like he was totally buttoned up in a fancy suit and he kept looking at me and I was holding you know he could see I held my books that he could see the cover which is very uh graphic and distinct and I had this moment of like I love my job like I get to I get to read and talk to people like you and I don't have to go sit in a suit somewhere um so let's dive right into chapter one let's do that okay so the kitchen clean it Or just set it on fire and be done. You should know that when I teach classes, uh, specifically I teach a brunch making class at a place called Haven's Kitchen on 17th Street in New York City. And I teach people who are regular civilians how to cook brunch. And that includes learning to flip an egg in a nonstick pan without the use of a a hand tool. So I have done this. um, I've taught hundreds of people how to flip eggs Every 20 people don't can't do it. Most recently, bless his heart, a Google VP. He was amazing. <laughs> and he took it so well. And then we took a picture on Instagram because he, I don't think he deals with failure a lot. And so it was really awesome. But the question comes up. Now I have an egg on my burner on my stovetop. What do you do? And my advice usually is open the window and just burn it off. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's <laughs> certainly what a So when I got to chapter one, I was like, set it on fire. I was like, not the whole thing, but maybe just the egg. So how, let's start with the stovetop, because mine is so disgusting. I cook every meal, almost every meal, almost every day, and I'm not a clean person. Okay. So help me. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I also cook almost every meal every day. Okay. I'm, I love, love to cook. I actually started as a food writer before I was writing about cleaning. Um, so it is possible to be a person who cooks you know, three meals a day in your kitchen and keep it clean. You don't have to. I, you're giving me this look. Like, I don't mind. I'm not making you feel I just, bad. I know, I've read the chapter. I know where we're going. It's a, bring it on. I'm re- I need to hear this. I need to hear this. So, so the thing is, I, you know, I, I admire your approach to, you know, the egg problem. Just burn it off. That's certainly one approach. Um, I don't think it's the best approach. And I don't think it's the best approach for a couple of reasons. One, um, it smells. I mean, you know, you said open the window. So yeah. you, you're already acknowledging that that's going to smell. It does <clears throat> The other thing is it's not particularly good for your cooktop. I mean, you know, if we if you're a renter, maybe you don't care. But if you're a homeowner and that's your appliance, 
it's really not the best way to maintain the appliance and to get you know the full lifespan out of it. So the best advice I can really give is just to get to it immediately. I mean, if you clean something up right away, generally speaking, it's not going to be that much of an endeavor. If you let it sit and dry, and especially in the case of egg, which is heavily protein-based and gets very sort of sticky and stubborn the more it dries, um, the, the harder you're going to have to work to scrub it off. So with the stovetop, um, it does depend to some extent what the stovetop is made of. Um, that's sort of a general rule of thumb when you're talking about cleaning. It does, does depend what you're trying to actually clean up. Um, so usually our stovetops are either enamel, which are the, you know, sort of the white ones that we, that we see, um, or they're glass top. In both cases, actually, you can use what's called a Dobie pad. Now you cook all the time, so you probably are well familiar with Dobie pads. I saw that in your book. I didn't, I didn't know that that's what those are called. So, so describe what a Dobie pad is. I, once I read it, I was like, oh yeah, that that thing, (laughs) that thing. So what a Dobie pad is, it's a, it's a product made by 3M. I think everything 3M does is amazing. They're also the people who make Scotchgard. So of course I love them to death. Um, so what Adobe Pad is, is essentially it's a sponge that's covered in sort of a plastic netting. Um, but because it's a 3M thing, you know, it's probably made of like NASA materials. <laughs> that's what they do. Um, so the good thing about that plastic netting is that it won't scratch most surfaces. So it'll be safe on the enamel and more importantly on the glass surfaces, which can scratch really easily. Um, I used to have one of those glass cooktops. It was a complete bear. I cleaned that thing constantly. See, constantly. and I'm glad to hear you. So am I am I wrong in envying a glass stovetop? Because I feel like it would be so much easier to clean because it's flat. There's no, no like... Okay. Oh, no, they're a total bear. Okay. They're a total bear to keep clean. And part of the reason is that um, just because of the way that the, el- the heating element um, is is structured, things get burnt onto that glass stovetop so fast. So oh. I actually think it's a lot easier. Yeah, you have to sort of pick the grates up or blah, 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 blah. I think the enamel ones are just a lot easier to keep clean. They also don't scratch as much. So you can use like an abrasive um, powder or... Um, uh, what do you call that? Scrub, soft scrub stuff. Um, right. You know, yep. cream, mm-hmm. cream, a various of cream um, on enamel, which you don't want to use on the glass because that's going to cause scratching. Okay. So no good. So enamel is better for keeping clean. So I have, if I get my, um, I take the grates off and then underneath the grates, there are these black kind of like liners almost of my two burners that line up and I can lift that out also. Okay, I was going to say, if they're removable, great. They're removable. Okay. What's underneath them, that's what horrifies me because that, like what's on top, I see every day and I, I get to it. I'm like, yeah, eventually I'm going to get to this but it's like tomato sauce and grease splatters and we just got a deep fryer so there's like, that's added to the but when I lift those up and I see what's pooled underneath, then I feel like a dirty person. Yeah, okay. it's scary. It's, it's scary. It is scary. So to clean that, the first thing you need to do, I assume you have gas. I do have gas. Okay, so um, you have to turn off the gas. The gas line? Like, yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, this is, this is news to me. Yeah. Okay. So just because you don't want to be going in there with the pilot lights on or you don't want to turn the pilot light off and have the gas... Going. Right. Well, you right. know, I actually, I have the click, the click start, but if it gets wet, it stops working. Okay. So, yeah. See, this is why I don't clean a lot because we have these are all the considerations. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, look, the in, the inside of the stove that you know you're not going to clean that a lot. I mean, right. that's probably something you maybe clean out maybe once a year, maybe maybe twice, depending on how bad it is and you how much. I know it how many times I've cleaned you. the inside of an oven. You've probably never cleaned it. Not right? once in my life. Yeah. 
But we're not talking about the inside of an oven. Right. We're just talking the about the right, stovetop. Right, right, right. Okay. The cleaning Which oven I, is a I different do. proposition. Okay. So to clean an oven, you don't need to turn off the gas line. Okay. It's just when you're trying to clean that interior where the pilot light is. Gotcha. That's probably okay. not something that you're going to have to clean that often. And part of the reason that you want to turn the gas off is actually because one of the ways that's really great to cleaning that weird, you know, it's like a weirdly configured area. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's a vacuum cleaner with one of the very ah. small attachments. Okay. So that's why. But so obviously you can't have There's the like ga- burnt macaroni down there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that that vacuum's going to suck that burnt macaroni right up. And the you know, the pieces of onion that fall out mm-hmm. and the bits of celery and so on. I have the same thing in there. So I also don't feel bad. Like okay. mine looks like that too. Okay, good. Um, you know, cuz again, <laughs> it's not something that I clean that super super regularly. Um, but yeah, the vacuum with the detail attachment is really the the way to go. Obviously okay. you have to turn the gas off to do that. Don't use the vacuum with the gas running <laughs> right okay this is this is like mind blown i've learned so much already yeah so there you go so okay. have a good have a good vacuum and there you go so there's another story in here uh we uh, it was about the grease hood oh. event fan so i'm reading and i'm like i've never cleaned that and the way you structure this section of the book is fascinating because i'm like yeah i never do that either and then you tell the story of a reader who wrote into you and said that grease fell down in her spaghetti pot yeah that's so, that's never happened to me, but it is, there is, what I was going to say before I got to the part about it can actually accumulate to the point of gravity taking over and bringing it down into your food. My, I'm tall enough that I don't see underneath it. And so I can just keep the top of my hood clean and just completely ignore what's going on where I can't see it. Oh, that's funny. I'm a short person, so it never would have occurred to me. <laughs> but now that I know there's a threat of it actually falling into my food, some of which is more than, you know, pasta water or grilled cheese, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. I should also mention that it is stainless steel and it was originally installed by my husband's grandfather in the 50s. So it's like vintage, um, it, um, it's like art deco oh, on wow. the outside. It's gorgeous. But if I was to look underneath, I'm scared of what I'm going to find. I think it's approaching fur fabric. Oh, dust dear. and grease. Oh dear. So what how do I approach this if okay. I wanna So whatever is whatever is removable, go ahead and remove. Like the screen, like the Like the screen, okay. like if you have if there's a light there, if you have a plastic light cover, any anything that you can possibly remove. Right. Remove. Okay. And put that into a sink with hot water and a little bit of ammonia. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna back up and talk a little bit about sort of green products and not green products. Ammonia is not a green product. It is not environmentally friendly. It's something that if you work with, you have to wear gloves because it's very harsh on your hands, and you have to open a window because the fumes from it will be. This it stinks. It stinks. It, it stinks. stinks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you don't want want that kind of product in your house if you oppose to it because of the environment i completely understand that great blah blah, blah. use a good dish detergent dish soap okay in lieu of ammonia just know you're gonna have to work a lot harder okay okay so generally speaking when you're talking about the trade-off between something that's eco-friendly and you know crazy chemical the trade-off is that you're just gonna have to work harder. Right. Um, I will say that Simple Green is a product that truly is green. I've read the ingredient list and I can promise you that it really is green. Okay. Um, Not all of the products that call themselves green are, um, but Simple Green is one and it's a very good product. So that might be a good um, alternative to ammonia for people who don't want to use ammonia. But I think ammonia is the best. It's like amazing on grease. I like the smell of it because I'm weird. I know. Look at your face. (gasps) Well, I love, I like the smell. You've mentioned in your book that 
people may be opposed to the smell of vinegar. And I was like, there are people who don't like the smell of vinegar? <gasps> the vinegar deniers. Yes, they hate the smell of vinegar. I'm I like, who are vinegar. you people? I love vinegar. They've got to be like a fraction group. Like, that's got to be a small contingent of I people. hear from them all the time. They call them the vinegar deniers. <gasps> oh I know. <laughs> I feel sorry for them. I feel like they're missing out on something so great. So if I have a stainless steel sink, is that okay for ammonia? In the, If I fill the sink up with a little ammonia in yep, it? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then so I just let the stuff that soak. Put all the removable parts in there. And then actually you can use, if you filled up that sink, you can actually use that sink as the home base for your cleaning solution. So normally you'd mix the cleaning solution in like a bucket or something. But if you've got it in the sink, you can just use what's in the sink. You have excellent advice too to use a kid's sand pail to like make some whimsy in your cleaning. Brilliant. I love that. I bought a ladybug-shaped sponge the other day because it made me happy. Well, there you go. See, you should absolutely do what makes you happy. You know what I mean? By all means, if you know, if it's a task that isn't like your favorite thing, even if it is a task that's your favorite thing in the world, buy what makes you happy. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So with the ammonia, then what you're going to do for any parts that are not removable, uh, of course, wearing your rubber gloves, you're going to go in with a rag or a sponge, something heavy-duty. Paper towels are not going to cut it. Okay. On this. So when you're talking about heavy duty cleaning, you want a heavy duty, you know, scrubbing sponge or a rag, you know, an old, an old washcloth or dish towel is usually pretty good. Okay. Um, wring it out so it's not dripping because you don't want to be flinging ammonia willy nilly all over the kitchen and yourself. And do you need safety goggles? No. Okay. You don't. You can wear them if you want to be overly, overly, overly cautious, but okay. you don't have to. Um, but that is one of the reasons that you do want to bring things out pretty well because you don't want to be splashing ammonia everywhere. And then yeah. just wipe down all of the rest of the parts that are not removable. Okay. So, and we're talking, I mean, this is going to take some elbow grease. It's not it's, just going to go like. I mean, you, if you're using the ammonia, you're actually going to be pretty surprised at how fast yeah? it goes. Yeah. And how much ammonia to a gallon of water? Um, generally speaking, you know, a, Four, four parts water to one part ammonia, three parts water to one part ammonia. I mean, okay. you can be a little, a little and loose. Dish soap, about a couple it. drips of dish soap too, or unnecessary. Um, you can use them if you, you can use it if you want. I actually think the problem with dish soap is that it suds suds up so mm-hmm. much that mm-hmm. it can kind of create more of a. This sounds odd, but a little bit more of a mess just because then you've got suds kind of dripping everywhere. Right, right, so right. the straight ammonia, you know, mixed with water is really, you're going to be shocked. Like, I, I want you to do, take before and after pictures for me. Okay, I, t- I will yeah. totally do that. Um, and I will take this task on because the thought, just the thought of something falling from there into my food was enough to, like, shake me a little it's bit. It's pretty scary. I mean. Okay, so let's, um... Let's talk about the inside of a refrigerator. Oh, boy. Because I have a rule in my house that anything that goes into the refrigerator has to be labeled. Like any, um, you know, like leftovers or salad or whatever. It needs to be labeled with a piece of masking tape, what it is, and the date that it went in there. And if I find it and it's not labeled, I just throw it away. I don't care if it's foie gras. I don't care. I just, there's no excuse. And I've thrown a couple things away and now things are getting labeled. It's working really well. That being said, that's where my clean person in the refrigerator kind of ends. Okay. Well, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> and, that goes from, and that goes from working in professional kitchens where you get yelled at if you were caught doing anything other than that. And it's a really good habit because you know what it, you know it's kimchi. Exactly. Like, there's no question whether or not it's, it's kimchi or it's broccoli salad. Like, you know what it was when it went in there. Right. Exactly. So, however, things leak, things spill, things... So, what's the best approach when... I'll tell you the most recent gross thing I had in my kitchen was a leak of turtle blood. Ooh. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, turtle that, soup. Okay, and, that was that's a new one for me. I had I had a feeling I might be the first person to have turtle blood as a problem. De- very definitely. I'm glad you told me about that. I did not deal with it immediately, oh, and no. then I had it went down behind. It was on the bottom shelf. Okay, but it went down behind the glass plate. And then underneath the produce drawer. Yeah. And it, I only didn't deal with it right away because I was not paying attention that it was happening. Um, had I known there was blood, I would have immediately dealt with it. But if, there was just other stuff in the way. It wasn't until I pulled out my produce drawer that I saw, oh, what's that? And put together the pieces that it was actually from the turtle deconstruction. Wow. So what's the best way to deal with hardened on messes like honey's <laughs> a bad one Lem- you know like um, lemonades have had lemonade spill and become like a paste like what do you or like sticky tacky what do I do absolutely so um, I really like this is actually one of the places where I do recommend a totally green cleaner which is you know back to our vinegar white vinegar is a great cleaner it's a great um, antibacterial um, has almost the same antibacterial properties as does bleach, but it's safe. Obviously, we eat vinegar all the time, so it's safe for us. So that's why mm-hmm. I really like using it in the refrigerator because it's safe to use around your food supply. Um, now, generally speaking, when you're going to do like a pretty big cleanup, more than a, just like a little spill of the refrigerator, you want to take everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, it Should just, I unplug it so I'm not wasting energy, or does it not really? It doesn't really. I mean, if you know, if that, if you're concerned with that, go ahead. I don't think it really matters that much. Generally speaking, it doesn't take so long, right? Yeah, um, that you're really worrying too much um, about energy loss. But yeah, if you want to unplug it, you can go ahead and do that. Okay. Um, so you know, white vinegar dish soap is also another good thing to use because again, you, you would use it on your dishes, so it's not gonna you know, kill you to be around your food supply. Um, The Dobby pad really comes back into play there because when you have things that are stuck on, you know, have hardened, have turned into another substance altogether, (laughs) (laughs) you you want something to scrub them off. And the problem with refrigerators is that the interior is made of plastic, which can scratch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might be tempted to use a Brillo pad to scrub some of that stuff off, but don't. Or a butter knife. Or a butter knife, exactly. That's all going to cause scratching. So the Dobby pad... And, you know, just some, you know, natural all-purpose spray, white vinegar spray, dish soap, whatever is going to be is going to be the ticket. All right. If you have stains, so that turtle blood may have left behind a stain because plastic is porous. Right. Um, there ma- is. There is a stain. There are many stains, actually. <laughs> Blueberry jam filled with a cup oh, last yeah. summer. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that'll stain like the Dickens. Absolutely. So there are two different things you can you can do for those kinds of stains. One, you can make a baking soda paste. Um, that's really great on stains. Um, the other thing you can do is use a magic eraser. Oh, I was going to ask you about the magic, magic erasers. Magic erasers are awesome. Are they? they awesome. Uh, is it the cleaning equivalent of styrofoam? In that, in, that in a bad way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, is it ever going to biode? Like, I guess it's like, I don't even know. What is it? It's melamine foam. Okay, so it's bad for the environment. Yes, but the trade-off is that it's, it's, it is magic. It's... I mean, I don't, I don't know that they're that bad for the environment. I mean, the thing is that it disintegrates as you're using it, so... Oh, see... So okay. it already is reducing. It's, it reduces it's itself. As, yeah, yeah so it reduces itself. Is it the, are they one use? Do you just use it and then toss it? Or do you use it and rinse it? Like, how do you... You can basically use it until it's completely disintegrated. Okay. I'm yeah. fascinated Have by you it. never used a magic eraser? Only once. And then I was like... I guess I have to throw this away. Like I washed, I think I was using it in to clean a ba- the bathroom sink and it worked really well. And then I was like, well, now it's, it's gar, I guess it's garbage. Like, no, 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 I- you could have kept using it until it just, it's like an, it's like a, a pencil eraser. Like as you use it, it just 
goes down and down and down in size until there's no eraser left. This and is then, amazing. Okay, yeah. I have to try again because yeah. this is totally So they're amazing. great. And I'll tell you that there is actually, there's like a big internet rumor that they cause cancer and blah, blah, blah. They do not. Okay. It's on Snopes. They do not. They won't kill you. Okay. They're made of melamine foam. They're not made of anything that's, you know secret or weird or you know i mean that's they're just made of melamine foam it's just a it's just a weird um sort of chemical makeup that they have that causes this you can think of them as working kind of like very fine sandpaper okay so that which i mentioned because whenever ever 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 you're using a magic eraser you always want to test it out in a tiny little hopefully unseen spot wherever you want to use it because it can cause damage to okay. think if you think of it just like sandpaper sandpaper can damage surfaces it can also make surfaces better so right. you just always want to test before you start using it i'm going to tell you the craziest use ever for the magic eraser this is personal experience i was wearing a pair of black patent leather manolo blahniks out one night in New York and I got out of a cab and I don't know if it was like the curb or wh- I don't even know where it came from but there was a scuff of green paint on <gasps> my I, I know on my <laughs> Manolos oh, my heart I know I know I don't know what possessed me I was like I'm just gonna try the magic eraser it came right off that is amazing yes I magic erased my Manolos did you have to tweet that at Jessica Par- Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> <laughs> We have to take a break. Um, I have a song that is reco- was recorded by a folk duo that my husband heard live when he lived in um, Rochester, New York, that I picked out especially for this episode, and I'm really excited for you to hear the lyrics. Oh, good. Okay. I'm excited we'll to hear be, We'll be back in a minute. Come on in and have a chair. Today's the day I clean the fridge. But we can talk while it's defrosting, pardon all the mess. How you been? I just got back from Elgin, Illinois, myself. For me, the charm of traveling is fading, I confess. Could you grab the pot of water on the stove so I can stick it in the freezer? This is so I can't, don't you think? This one last ice cube tray won't come unstuck. It's kind of welded to some broccoli. God, I think it's broccoli. Why is this broccoli pink? How about the onion dip? You think it's any good or should we toss it to the dog? It looks okay, but I don't know. And by the way, I stopped off at the Belvedere Oasis, which is such a pretty name for such an ugly place to go. They shove those puffy sandwiches in sacks like so much garbage, and their shakes are largely lather. But I bought one anyhow. Look at this, it's sauerkraut. Now when did we have sauerkraut? Whatever this stuff was, it sure is sauerkraut by now. Coming back. Sharp and Hot is brought to you by the generous support of Le Creuset. Respect for tradition and authenticity has been Le Creuset's guiding principle since 1925. Yet, their innovative designs and exceptional quality ensure that they remain relevant today. The company began in 1925 when a casting specialist and an enameling expert opened their foundries at the crossroads of transportation routes for iron, coke, and sand. 
That same year, the first French oven was produced, laying the foundation for what is now an extensive range of cookware and kitchen utensils. Today, Le Creuset provides the finest quality stainless steel, stoneware, silicon, enamel on steel, textiles, and forge-hard anodized aluminum, as well as the colorful line of cast iron cookware. Visit LeCreuset.com and shop the full line of cookware, stoneware, bakeware, kitchen tools, wine accessories, and more. Heritage Radio Network thanks Le Creuset for their generous support. And we're back. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson. We didn't get to chat during the break, so we'll go right back in. Excellent. Um, okay, so the pantry. A big, another big question that I get a lot is how long can I keep spices? Ooh, that is a good one. Six months. Six months. Really? Yeah. Ooh, you're tough. I'm pretty tough. Well, that being said, somebody, uh, I was listening to Melissa Clark on Leonard Lopate the other day, and somebody called in to say that they still had their parents who had passed away, they still had their container of nutmeg, and mm. they wanted to know if they could use it because it, like, was so heartwarming was sentimental, and sentimental. Sentimental nutmeg? I, sentimental <laughs> nutmeg. Everybody's got their thing. I was just saying, people can get sentimental about anything. Anything. It's amazing. And so... Her advice was, well, it's not going to go bad, per se. It just is going to lose its essential oils. Mm -hmm. But um, I cleaned out... I did a very thorough cleaning of our pantry because we were overcome with grain moths. Mm. And so I'm wondering what your solution is to preventing, dealing with infestations that are not your fault. Yeah. They, well, and I'm, I like that you said it that way. They're not your fault. These things just happen. You know, we, we live in the world... We share our world with insects and vermin, and they want to live in our homes because our homes are so lovely. Mm-hmm. So warm it's not and our, delicious. You know, I mean, in some in some cases, yes, of course, there are things you can do to prevent, um, you know, infestations of crit- critters of all stripes. Really, um, you know, don't keep garbage around. Blah, blah blah blah. But you know, sometimes these things happen, even when you're the cleanest of clean people. Um, pantry moths do happen. They're terrible, totally miserable. I'm so sorry that happened to you because I imagine you have a lot of different. Amazing. We lost a lot of things. A lot of lost of things. We yeah. lost a lot of things. A lot of great flowers. A mm-hmm. lot of great. A lot of pasta yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge bummer when that happens. Unfortunately, when you have an infestation, you do have to just bite the bullet and get rid of things. You can't keep. You can't salvage grain infested flour. Right. That's got to yeah, go. There's nothing you can do. No. And I like you write in the book that don't be sentimental about it. Like if my husband and I have made an agreement to stop buying like condiments and sauces and things as souvenirs mm. because we never use them. Yep. And we're like, oh, we like I just threw away this ancient. I mean, we got it when we were dating and we will be married seven years in July. Um, a jelly, like a cold and it was like supposed to be cold and hot pepper jelly. It was like mint and jalapeno or something. Okay. <laughs> and the, you know, it was at the farmer's market somewhere and the woman was like super compelling and I loved her store. And I was like, $7 for two ounces? Sure. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine years later, I'm still looking at it. And yeah. it was a little hard to throw away because it does feel wasteful. But what's your advice on breaking that sentimental or just hoarder tendency? Exactly. If you're not using it, it's no more useful in your pantry than in the trash. In fact, it's less useful in the pantry because it's taking up space that you need and or is is blocking you getting to things that are useful so um it is it is very hard to break that tendency um to keep things longer than we should i know i'm guilty of it too that's part of the reason that i'm able to give advice in the way that i do i'm not i'm not martha stewart i'm not better than you i mean martha is better than us all 
I am definitely not. I'm just I'm just like everybody. I'm just a little bit cleaner than right. everybody else. But other than that, that's I'm, how, and that's a good way to describe it because that's how I feel about me as a cook. When people like you asked me earlier about the cheese that I use for grilled cheese, I use yellow American cheese. Like I'm just a slightly trained cook, that, right. but I'm a, I'm just a cook, like a home cook. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, I'm just slightly more clean than other people. I'm not, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a normal person, you know. Um, so, yeah, things things are not useful if you're not using them. That's a good way to break the cycle. Um, with the pantry, you know, you asked about the pantry moths, which are such a huge problem. You really have to throw things out, get better containers. Plastic isn't going to cut it. You need metal or glass because the moths will eat right through plastic. They're, right. just, they're disgusting that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they all, I, they were infested in my um, red pepper flakes, which oh. I was like, I thought for sure my spicy things would be safe. That, that was the source of them. And I was like, I can't believe this. Wow. I'm actually really surprised yeah. by that. Who knew? Insidious. They're not bothered by capsaicin, but I found the little triangle trap that you like buy flat and then you peel the sticky stuff off that between throwing everything away and that they were gone within a couple of days yep exactly so i was going to say those traps are really great um and they're you know they're they're narrow enough that they won't take up a huge amount of space right yeah we just tucked it like in the thing and then suddenly there were a couple of dead ones and now they're thankfully gone and we're dealing with ants because it is ant season oh my goodness but listen we are out of time i could talk to you i sw- i want you to come over and like do a live i want you to like be my personal training personal trainer for cleaning <laughs> i would love that actually I, my both my parents clean i mean they were clean people but like i don't remember it being a huge prior i don't know there was so much cooking going on in our house there was always dirty dishes and my mother tried to institute a rule that if you were going to cook you had to do the dishes and it was just like a constant sense of friction but one of the things that you said that is my takeaway is that now i have a kid and i have to train my kid that to leave literally dried out frozen or uh, melted frozen then stepped on then desiccated blueberries traipsed across the floor is not good modeling no. and that's what's happening as we speak in my kitchen so i'm going to vow to clean up my kitchen floor i'm going to clean the underhood and i'm going to tweet you before and after pictures awesome and i'm really really happy you came can you we only talked about chapter one so we've really just um kind of grazed the surface here can you give us like a one minute rundown of the other substances and cleaning things the the grosser the better sure absolutely so um the book is divided up more or less sort of by uh rooms in the house and then clusters of problems that people have so it goes into the bathroom you can imagine that that's gross having a kid answered my question i wonder what poop feels like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh dogs and cats will also do that for you yep, yep. <laughs> too. um so then um like common pro- I, I call there's one chapter that i call kind of the lady chapter that it's like your makeup brushes and your loofahs and all that dirty kind of stuff. Your car. Cars are filthy. Cars yeah, are crazy cars are filthy. filthy. Yep. Um, and then the last chapter of the book is the sort of what I call the disaster stories or the greatest hits, as I like to think of them. Um, those are the things that you really can't ask Martha or you can't ask mom. Those are things like when your boyfriend barfs in your handbag. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those kind of horror stories and, you have, like, and what to do. like bong water on the carpet. Bong right? water on the right, carpet. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. This is a, a must have in any person's library, young or old. I think you're so approachable and you can talk candidly about things that you know, most people cringe or like blush. <laughs> and it's so nice to have a resource f- coming from someone who's totally logical and personal and hilarious to refer to. And I'm going to keep this just like in my kitchen so that I can be like, what did she say about the ammonia again? Thank you, Jolie, so much for coming. How can people reach you? 
People can find me on Twitter at Jolie Care, J-O-L-I-E-K-E-R-R. Um, I write a weekly column for Deadspin and Jezebel called Ask a Clean Person. You can also email me questions at JolieCare at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Next week on Sharp and Hot, we have Diana Furlow coming with Love from Brooklyn is her company and a phone interview with Canyon Ranch executive chef Scott Uline. Uline? I will learn how to say his name again before he comes on air. <laughs> I am Chef Emily Peterson. You can reach me at facebook.com forward slash sharp and hot, sharp or Twitter at Chef Emily P. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, keep playing with fire and knives. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.